eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Tuesday, July 26th, and you are listening to another edition of the West of the Rest podcast. I am Blurry Angulo, joined by my co-host, Mr. Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how are you doing? I am living the life, Blair. I am working remote this week and making the most of it but from the second i pulled out of the house until today two top 247 commitments another four-star commitment they're coming off the board and there's not much left on the board between now and the early signing period let alone the february signing period yeah we've got a handful of commitments to get to and as everyone knows that listens to this podcast we focus on west coast recruiting for all the latest on national recruiting make sure you stay locked into this feed we'll have a plenty of other reaction and uh analysis as we move forward here into the month of august can you believe it the high school season is just around the corner we were just talking about how in in a mere two weeks i'll be back on the road to watch some high school football you know it's incredible like I could have sworn we just got done with the Georgia-Alabama game. We just got done with state championship games. I think that's what makes high school football so great is that, you know, you kind of have like a – what's the word? A staggered. That's the word I'm looking for. You have kind of a staggered start to football season and that you have some states that will start in mid-August. You have some states that don't start till. Mid-September, you have state championships that are being played in October, some that are being played the week before Christmas. And you have the, the, the lucky part of, I think, what, two of your states start in the middle of August. So, you know, you're, you're at the point where you got to enjoy a week off and you're going to be patrolling the sidelines on Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. There is no offseason, as our colleague Josh Pate likes to say. But let's get into it, Huff. We've got a few commitments to get it to. Obviously, in the Western footprint, Micah Buñuelos came to, came off the board to USC. Jackson Bowers, another top 24-7 prospect. Tight end came out to BYU. Uh, Stanford made some noise. Walker Lyons and Hunter Clegg, a couple of top 24-7 prospects. We will get to all of that. But let's lead off with Josiah Wagner, one of the better defense defensive backs on the west coast out of the state of washington taking his talents to norman oklahoma he will play his college ball for the sooners what do we make of that addition for oklahoma well that's a big one because oregon was the first school that offered him they did so two and a half years ago in fact when oregon offered josiah wagner this is how long ago it was there wasn't a pandemic ruining the world yet and a coaching change there even though demetrius martin continued to recruit him when he was leaving colorado to come to oregon you had Texas, Joey Thomas, who actually gave him one of his other first offers. Joey Thomas at the time was at FAU. He's now on the defensive staff 
at the University of Texas, defense coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski, the former defensive coordinator at Washington, who offered Wagner back then. You also had Cal that had made a late run to not only get an official visit from him, but to make his final four. But to, uh, on Monday, he picked Oklahoma. That's a nice get for Brent Venables, a defensive-minded head coach, to go get a guy who could probably end up being the best pure nickel in the country. I know that with some of the other recruits that Oklahoma is recruiting at the cornerback position, there's a chance that Wagner could slide inside and be a nickel. You and I both saw him at battle in Las Vegas back in February. His team made it to the championship game. He was phenomenal that weekend. Probably uh, you know, had Zachariah Branch and his team not won, there was a good chance Josiah Wagner would have been the alpha dog. But this is a guy that's going to be able to come in and play at a high level. And that's now two players in the state of Washington in the class of 2023 not necessarily a place that Oklahoma has recruited much in years past, but now they have two commitments with, with Wagner joining Heath Ozeta uh, from Mount Sai in Snoqualmie. But to get a top 247 defensive back, a selection to the All-American Bowl, a nice pickup for Brent Venables and the Sooners. We wondered on this very show, Huff, whether Oklahoma would lose maybe some of its luster for West Coast recruits once Lincoln Riley left, right? We wondered... Can they continue that pipeline? Chip Viney no longer there. He had a lot of ties in the state of California. Uh, Lincoln Riley had accumulated a lot of, I, I think, reputational points there with his ability to go in and attract talent from the West Coast, from California, from Nevada, from the state of Utah, from Arizona. You know, the list goes on and on. Spencer Rattler was a big win for Lincoln Riley out West, beating a lot of programs in recent years. But now we're starting to see Oklahoma continue to really attack the footprint. I think it's really interesting to see them win this battle because it suggests, at least on the surface level, that we can expect Oklahoma to continue to be a player when a lot of the talk right now is with Texas, right? And and for for good reason, they have the number one player in the class, Arch Manning committed. Uh, they've they've been able to get some some traction out west, getting the number one player from the state of Hawaii in Leona Lefau. They have one of the better tight ends in Spencer Shannon, also committed. He's from modern day in California. Uh, but let's not forget about Oklahoma and its and its staying power as one of those programs that's going to be able to head to the West Coast and really recruit some talent. Well, and you think about it, you know, with Oklahoma moving to the SEC along with Texas, geographically, I'm not quite sure exactly where Austin and College Station fall into it, but at least geographically, Oklahoma is the closest SEC school to Northern California and the Pacific Northwest. So it's not to say that they're going to try to keep coming into the Northwest and Northern California to get players. But it also shows you that that's a geographical footprint that you've seen SEC schools in recent years try to really hit. You've seen Big Ten schools really try to hit. You've seen you know Big 12 schools in recent years starting to come up here. Two players in, the, in Texas A&M in the class that they just signed in 2022 that was the record-setting class. Two of the players they signed were from the state of Washington. You have Miami. Now they're in their ACC, ACC, obviously, but they go to Oregon to get Riley Williams and Jaden Wayne from Washington. So there's this kind of untapped market in the Northwest, and now Oklahoma finds itself geographically the closest to that region, and they're always going to recruit the West Coast. They're always going to continue to recruit players from California, a part of the country that's always been good to them. So I, I think with Venables, getting a player like Wagner, who had a number of Pac-12 schools after him, to, to get a player like him and to come into a region that's been relatively untapped in terms of SEC standards, I think that's something that could bode well for Oklahoma in this region in the future. 
Yeah, Oklahoma, the the closest in proximity to to that region that you mentioned uh, until Huff and uh, until Washington and Oregon get get into the SEC, right? I'm I'm sure every Huskies fan, every Ducks fan is uh is yelling at the clouds right now, uh wondering what's going to happen with with their program, especially now that USC and UCLA are headed to the Big 10 in a couple of years. And speaking of uncertainty and especially in that geographical sense, Stanford which right now could be left in a Pac-12 without some of those traditional California rivals, continues to recruit at a really high level. They have not been affected, as you would expect, with such a degree, right? With the academic reputation, with the the pool that they have, uh, with those high academic recruits. And they just picked up two top 24-7 prospects in the last week. Hunter Clegg, an edge rusher from the state of Utah, who we both really love in terms of his physical traits, his versatility, his ability to get after the quarterback, his ability to play in space and then walker lions who could very well be the most dynamic pass catching tight end uh, not named deuce robinson in this class uh they get both of them and it's 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 a, it's a basically a an indication i think that the cardinal are here to stay in recruiting despite that uncertainty about whether they're going to be able to be you know that top dog in the pac 12 or, or if they get poached for another conference well, you know, it was interesting because you're coming off the 2019 season where I think they won four games. The 2020 season where in the shortened year they had the game where they got the false positives for Davis Mills or without him for a game. They still played well down the stretch, but then they really had the wheels fall off in 2021 with a win over Oregon, kind of the highlight, but a lot of bad losses. And then yet Stanford ends up signing the best high school class in the Pac-12 in 2022. So... Blair, what we're seeing is that there is still a lot of value in the Stanford football aspect and the educational aspect, and they're getting elite players, whether it's Jaden Platt, whether it's getting Walker Lyons at the tight end position. I mean, it, it's showing you what that tight end history has been like at Stanford, that even when the, maybe the program is having probably its worst run since prior to Jim Harbaugh, they're able to get two of the better tight ends in the country, and then a guy like Hunter Clegg who has the school, the, the, the flagship in-state university that just lost a heartbreaking Rose Bowl, but has played in three of the last four Pac-12 championship games, uh, a BYU team as well, joining Utah that's had some success, and yet Stanford gets him. So again, there's still value in Stanford football, and a lot of that has to do with Stanford's education, but it also has a lot to do with that, even with some of these down years Stanford's had. There's a reason why Tanner McKee's name is being mentioned as a trendy potential first rounder this next year. There's a reason that guys are still being drafted out of Stanford. They still do a tremendous job developing those players. So you put those two together, and I think the, the rumors of Stanford's devise may be a little bit premature. Yeah, what is it, Huff? Death, taxes, Angels pitchers suffering injuries, and Stanford being able to develop at the tight end position. It's going to be really interesting to see what they're able to do the rest of this class based on what they show on the field you mentioned Tanner McKee being a really uh, a really interesting prospect for the NFL player uh, for the NFL level obviously coming off of a mission so I think he was a forgotten about quarterback but I think he's going to be due for for a big year we're going to continue our conversation you were listening to the West of the Rest podcast I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We are back on the West of the Rest podcast. Blair Angulo joined by my co-host, Brandon Huffman. Brandon, Jackson Bowers, you are the inaugural member of the fan club, one of the better tight ends in the country, a big-time blocker in the run game, a terrific pass catcher. We saw him at the Elite 11 Finals really running around there and making plays in open space. And he also came off the board in this last week. Coming, coming off the board to the BYU Cougars, committing to the future Big 12 program over the likes of Arizona, over the likes of Washington. He had some SEC options there from Ole Miss and Auburn and Alabama was sniffing around there too. Uh, but he was on an official visit to BYU on that same weekend that Hunter Clegg was there and Walker Lyons was there. So for BYU to get at least one of those guys that they brought in on the first weekend of June was really important. Was I, I thought it was very pivotal and crucial for their efforts in this recruiting class, which, which will be the first team, right? The first group of players that will be able to participate in the Big 12 for them to get a top 24-7 prospect at a position that they really uh, value, I, I think was really important for BYU. Well, and I think it, you know, when you talk about a guy like Jackson Bowers, you know, he might be the sixth or seventh ranked tight end in the West, but this is one of the best classes of tight ends that I've ever seen the West really produce. You mentioned Deuce Robinson, you, you know, also in Arizona, you have a four-star Matthew Klothenstein who's going to Baylor, you, who's already going to the Big 12. Now you got Jackson Bowers going to the Big 12 with BYU. You've got guys like Cooper Flanagan in Northern California going to Notre Dame, Walker Lyons going to Stanford, you know, any other year, Jackson Bowers might be a top one, top two tight end in the region. And yet this year, just the state of Arizona alone has some of the best tight ends in the country. So I think that BYU fans need to get really, really excited about the pass catcher that Jackson Bowers is. I've seen him at multiple seven-on-seven tournaments beat power five DBs easily, out jumping them. I hate using this phrase, you know, he boss guys, but there's no other way to put it. He straight up mossed guys. He mossed a six foot two Pac 12 safety when he was a sophomore in a seven on seven tournament to win that game. And ultimately, his team got knocked out around later. Uh, but this is a team, they were a young squad. And Jackson Bowers is out there making plays. And so I think that this is a player that BYU fans, you might need to be even a little bit more excited about him because this is a talented player who's got the size to come in and play right away. There's not going to be a need for a lot of physical development, maybe a little bit of transformation. Maybe, you know, he, he lose, uh, loosens up a little bit, maybe, you know, but it's not a guy that you're bringing in. He's 180 pounds and you're hoping he can put 40 pounds on. He's got college ready size right now, but his route running, his pass catching ability, all top notch. And this is a guy that I anticipate will play early and often for BYU. 
Yeah, the seven on seven setting is is really interesting because you've got guys jawing at each other. You've got guys doing backflips after touchdowns. You've got you know some fake grenades being thrown around. There's a lot of shenanigans. But whenever you see Jackson Bowers in that setting, he's all business. You do not want to go and, and say hi to him. He's, he's he's stone cold in the face. He's he's got laser beams coming out of his eyes. I mean, the guy wants to beat you. And I'm I think I'm really interested to see what he will look like. Uh, against some of those Big 12 defenses, right? Like you, you think about conference realignment. Uh, this, I don't know. I don't know if this happens if BYU is stuck as an independent or is stuck not being a Power Five program. I think that was a big appeal to him, uh, realizing that he now has a chance to have a lot of eyeballs on him instead of just playing in that 7:30 o'clock uh, Mountain Time, right, or the 10:30 o'clock time zone on the East Coast. He will now be playing some meaningful football games during the day. Uh, and I think that's that's really appealing to recruits, and and that could be a sign of things to come for BYU uh, moving forward. Let's wrap up, Huff, with Micah Bonuelos. You you were on with him on our YouTube channel on Monday as he revealed his commitment to the USC Trojans. Uh, a really thoughtful you know commitment that he gave, I thought. And and our listeners, I want to invite you to head on over to our YouTube channel to check that out as the Trojans get a. Another important pickup along the offensive line after some some misses at that position here in this class. Yeah, and that was huge for them because not only did they get a body for their offensive line, but they beat a team that had, they're going to be going head-to-head with for a number of players these next few years, and they went head-to-head with for a big loss for USC, a big win for Oregon uh, when they went at it for Josh Connolly. But for USC to get a win over Oregon in this recruitment of Micah Banuelos, that's kind of icing on the cake. The bigger piece of the cake here is that USC is getting a very talented player in Banuelos, one of the most versatile players in the West in terms of offensive linemen. He's played left tackle. He's blocked for a left-handed quarterback as a sophomore. He blocked for a right-handed quarterback as a junior. Now his senior year, he could slide inside, play guard. He could play center. You know, I saw him at the, at the ESPN underclassman event in May. You saw him at the Polynesian Bowl Combine. He got invited to the Under Armour All-American game. He got invited to the Polynesian Bowl. You know, this is a guy that nationally, I don't know that he's maybe getting the attention as a lot of other linemen, but there hasn't been very many offensive linemen in the West, regardless of position, or, or sorry, regardless of, you know, which spot and regardless of class that have had a better offseason then Micah Banuelos, a big win for Lincoln Riley. And this is key because you, you were talking about it with Jackson Bowers. You don't know if Jackson Bowers goes to BYU if they aren't in the Big 12, if they're an independent. Micah Banuelos said one of the biggest reasons he picked USC over Oregon was the certainty of USC going to the Big 10. Obviously, Oregon doesn't know where they're heading up. They'd like to go to the SEC or to the Big 10. They'd like to go to the SEC. They'd like to land somewhere. But the certainty with USC going to the Big 10 was one of the first things that Micah Banuelo cited why he picked USC. Also, you got to give a tip of the hat to Josh Henson. If you don't think relationships matter in recruiting, it doesn't matter what school coaches are at. It's that relationship. The first Power 5 offer that Micah Banuelos got a year and a half ago came from Texas A&M, the offensive line coach at that time, Josh Henson, who is now the offensive line coach at USC. Even with the move from Texas A&M to USC, he maintained that relationship. Extra tip of the hat goes to Luke Heward, who was also at Texas A&M, who had done a lot of the Northwest recruiting. He's now the inside receivers coach at USC. That left-handed quarterback I mentioned earlier that Micah Banuelos blocked for, Luke's nephew, Sam Heward, now at the University of Washington. And we're, we've seen USC now that their second player 
in the Pacific Northwest, in the state of Washington. We talked about with Oklahoma earlier, USC now getting two players from the state of Washington in Kate Eldridge from Lyndon Christian, now Micah Banuelos. Again, Lincoln Riley is going to turn over every possible rock that he can. He's not just going to focus in Texas. He's not just going to focus in Southern California. He is going to recruit nationally. He is going to recruit in every part of the West region. And now he's got the Big Ten to sell. And that was a huge selling point in getting Micah Benuelos. Huff, you, you have an encyclopedia brain. Did USC play Wisconsin in the Holiday Bowl recently, or was I remembering? That? Or is that Iowa? Who, who did they play it was, recently? It was Iowa. They played Iowa, I think, 2019 season. And it wasn't pretty. It, it wasn't, wasn't pretty, pretty, right? It so, wasn't pretty. Th- and this is what USC needs when they are moving into the Big Ten. You're going to be facing the Iowas, the Wisconsins, those defensive fronts at Penn State, at Ohio State, at Michigan, right? The list goes on and on. No knock on the Colorados and the Oregon State and the Arizonas of the world, but this is going to be a different ball game. And we see what USC, their struggles have been with the likes of Utah and when they play against Oregon, right, where where those schools are recruiting at a different level along the defensive line. This is what USC needs. They need to revamp their offensive line. And uh, Michael Buñuelos, as as is typical with offensive linemen, probably not going to be ready to step in early but we like the the clay there, right? That they're going to yeah. be able to mold. He's got a lot of potential, a lot of physical upside. He's got a mean streak to him. Uh, that's the type of player that they're going to need with that mindset to go into the Big Ten and try to hold off some of these big defenses. Yeah, and I think, again, you mentioned it. When USC gets to the Big Ten, they're going to have the weapons offensively at the skill positions. They're going to have weapons defensively, but getting offensive linemen, that was a blind spot for them under Clay Helton. You know, whether it was Tim Drevno, whether it was uh, their offensive line coach, Neil Calloway before that, uh, Clay McGuire after that, for whatever reason, USC just could not. I mean, this is a school that's produced some of the greatest offensive linemen in college football history. And in recent years, they really scuffled at a position. So these are the kind of players that make that transition relatively smooth and give them a chance in some of those matchups against the schools that are bigger in the trenches. And, and, you know, for years, we've seen the West Coast, when they get to the Rose Bowl, it's always the size of the Big Ten against the speed of the Pac-12. Well, in recent years, the Big, the Big Ten has started to get that speed at the skill position to go with the size, while the Pac-12 has lost that size and didn't have anybody to protect for them to get the ball to their skill position players. So this is a big pickup for USC, and it kind of gives them a little bit more momentum going into the season. Alani Noah, another player that Oregon USC are battling for. Uh, losing Francis Malagoa, that one hurt. I think USC was really hoping that they could get uh, Francis a few months or a few weeks ago when he announced for Miami. Uh, but with getting Micah to go into a Pac-12 city and to bring him to now Big Ten country, big win for USC. Yeah, I, it, I mean, the, the battles will continue. We're going to see a ton of commitments here moving forward as we approach the, the season. And Huff, you're going to take a quick little vacation. What are some vacation plans before we go? Oh, there are breweries galore in the beautiful town of Bend, Oregon. Already hit one earlier this week. Uh, I will be hitting another one later. Maybe float the river, but a lot of uh, good brew drinking, brewery drinking here. This is a place where, you know, a lot of Pac-12 coaches that I know they, they find themselves in Bend. Uh, their vacations are over. They, they have the quiet period is this week. A lot of schools hosting some camps. I will be quiet myself for a period of the rest of the week, enjoying myself some of the finest brews that the city of Bend has to offer. 
I like the sound of that, Brandon. I will be in Big Ten City, Los Angeles later this week for the Pac-12 Media Days. Maybe next week when you're back, we'll recap some of the thoughts that we are able to gather from the Pac-12 head coaches and maybe some of the players about conference realignment and recruiting tactics and, and all that sort of stuff. So enjoy your vacation, Huff. We will catch up with you next week. Thanks, Blair. All right, that is Brandon Huffman. And for our producer, Jordan Mayton, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.